Did you know that God created you to live eternally with him? But have you met that basic condition that is called rebirth? Stay tuned. Today I'm going to continue my discussion on what it means to be born again. We invite you to join us for a half hour of inspiration, sharing, and teaching in a new program of Orthodox Christian Renewal. This comes as an outreach of the Logos Ministry for Orthodox Renewal, headquartered in Fort Wayne, Indiana. The founder of this ministry of faith is Father Eusebius Stefanu, Greek Orthodox priest, author, and evangelist, who's been called by God out of pastoral and professorial posts to proclaim the end-time message of salvation, healing, and deliverance in Jesus Christ. Father Stefanu comes to share a message of love and hope with both those who've never known Christ and those who are already members of the church but have never experienced the fullness of God's redeeming grace and healing power. At the close of the program, we will give you the address where you can write our evangelist. It will also appear on your screen in the course of the program. And now our speaker and host, Father Eusebius Stefanu. There's so much to say about the second birth. It's virtually an inexhaustible subject. Friend, you cannot afford to be in the dark about such a vital matter. It is crucial to your eternal welfare. If you expect to see Jesus Christ in eternity when you pass on someday, you must go through that second birth. You need to experience a spiritual rebirth, the regeneration in the Holy Spirit. But before I get to the main message today, I want to thank all of you out there for your prayers and your financial support that make this television program possible. Now I need to hear from you, from you that haven't written to me yet. I want to tell you that your letter will encourage and reassure me to continue on with this outreach. But let me read to you just a few of the letters today that have been coming in. Here is a viewer from Chicago that writes, Your step of faith is truly a blessing for all of us of the Orthodox faith. We look forward to viewing your TV program on Channel 38. It strengthens our faith and helps us to get to know Christ as our personal Savior. And here's another letter from a viewer in Skokie, Illinois. Dear Father Stefano, your television program is wonderful. Please don't go off the air. I am a Roman Catholic and I so wanted the teaching you offer. We all love you. The people need a program like yours. Isn't that beautiful? And one more from uh, a viewer in Oak Park, Illinois. Dear Father Stefano, we praise the Lord for your television ministry, which gives you the opportunity to proclaim the truth of God which we need to know, and especially in the Orthodox Church. We glorify God that he touched your life and raised you up in this urgent ministry. 
Now, this is just a sampling of the mail that I have been receiving. Stand by me in this television outreach in the cause of revival and reconversion in the church. Friend, remember you were created to live eternally with God, but sin entered into the world with a fall of Adam and separated man from God. Condemnation came upon man in his state of rebellion. This made it impossible for man to have eternal communion with God. Man came under the curse of Adam. In other words, he suffered eternal alienation from God. But God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, so that he might reconcile sinful man to his creator. In his atoning death upon the cross of Calvary, Jesus took your sins, friend, as the Lamb of God and High Priest. The Son and Logos of God took on human nature and became man that he might redeem you from condemnation and from eternal hell. His purpose was to restore you, friend, and to make you a child of God in the mystery of regeneration. As many as received him, the Bible says, to them gave he authority to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now that's in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 12. The purpose of the Lord Jesus Christ is to enable you to be restored to the image of God. Jesus became the new Adam, the progenitor of the new human race, of a new humanity redeemed and regenerated in the Holy Spirit, remade and refashioned in the similitude of Christ's own human nature. Now he wants to share his humanity with all those who would receive him as the Son of God, Savior and personal Redeemer. And I want to ask you today, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Have you made a conscious decision to receive him into your life and into your heart as your personal Savior? Jesus will communicate to you his human nature, his humanity, which is Holy Spirit filled, Holy Spirit anointed. Remember, Jesus is the first member of God's new humanity to become filled with the Holy Spirit and to be in perfect union with God. To begin with, Jesus Christ was conceived of the Holy Spirit and of the Blessed Virgin Mary like we confess in the creeds. The Holy Spirit was involved in the earthly existence of Jesus Christ from the very beginning. At the moment of his conception in the womb of his Virgin Mary, mother of, the, of his Virgin Mother, our Archangel Gabriel announced to Mary, as you remember, the Holy Spirit shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee 
shall be called the Son of God. As the first man of the new humanity, Jesus Christ was being filled with the Holy Spirit in the process of his physical and mental growth. In the Gospel of Luke, we read, And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. So Jesus was born without sin, like Adam was created without sin. His conception, the conception of Jesus, was immaculate, and he remained sinless and immaculate as he grew and developed into manhood, unlike the first Adam who fell into sin and disobedience. And we read in Luke also that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Now, the Bible tells us that at the age of 30, Jesus came to John the Baptist to be baptized in the River Jordan. And a marvelous thing occurred while Jesus was being baptized. The Holy Spirit descended visibly in the shape of a dove upon Jesus. And the voice of the Father was heard from heaven, which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. The appearance of the Holy Spirit over the head of Jesus demonstrated the fact that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Unlike the first Adam, Jesus remained obedient to God and sinless. Unlike the first Adam that had sinned, Jesus as the new Adam progressively grew and matured and developed into perfect manhood and into the image and likeness of God. Now in the beginning of creation, as we read in the Bible, God said, let us create man in our image and likeness. But Satan caused Adam to sin and rebel against the will of his maker. Satan wanted to frustrate the will of God for man. But as we know, Satan can never actually thwart the will and purposes of God indefinitely. In Jesus Christ, God's original counsel and plan is finally fulfilled. Remember when he said, let us make man in our image and likeness. It's fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus Christ, apart from his divine nature, is the first man created in the image and likeness of God. He is the new Adam. And unlike the first Adam, the earthly man, Jesus is the new Adam, the heavenly man, as he is described by the Apostle Paul in his first epistle to the Corinthians. In Luke chapter 4, verse 1, we read 
that Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The purpose of God for every man and woman is to fill them with his Holy Spirit. You too, friend, were created by God to be filled with the divine Spirit of God, just like Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit in the Jordan River. It is not enough just to be touched by the Holy Spirit. Do not be satisfied, friend, with simply being inspired or uplifted by the Holy Spirit. Do not remain contented merely with being ministered to by the Holy Spirit or led by the Holy Spirit. No, that's not enough. The Lord desires to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that wonderful? God made you, friend, to be a vessel and temple of the Holy Spirit. He made you to be a permanent dwelling place for His Holy Spirit. Isn't that exciting? You do not simply relate. You don't just commune with the Holy Spirit, but you actually contain the Holy Spirit. He wants to live on the inside of you. So let me tell you, don't rest until the Holy Spirit inhabits you and indwells you. Until he makes you, your body and your soul, his permanent abode and permanent dwelling place. Now in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon the prophets and other men of God, but only in an external manner. Note this, the Holy Spirit never indwelt a person permanently in the Old Covenant. The Holy Spirit would simply visit and minister to a person only long enough to fulfill God's special purpose in his life. But in the New Testament, the believer becomes a permanent abode of the Holy Spirit and increasingly filled with the Holy Spirit in proportion to his obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you expect, friend, to live eternally with the Lord Jesus Christ in his glory and supreme exaltation, you too need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to be integrated into the humanity of Jesus. It is necessary that you become engrafted into the human nature of Jesus. You need to become part of the new race of the new Adam. You can never inherit the kingdom of heaven as long as you remain with the old nature, the nature of the first Adam, the nature of sin, under the curse of Adam and under his condemnation. That will only secure your damnation and eternal hell. To stay as part of the corrupted humanity of the first Adam, let me say that again, is to be condemned to the unquenchable fire of eternal hell. This is a warning. Friend, I love you and I care for you. And the Lord commands me to warn his people of impending judgment. You can't play games with religion any longer. Pay attention to me as I tell you. 
that only if you let Jesus fill you with his Holy Spirit can you be spared the wrath of God that is to come in that last day. Put away your pride, friend. Put away your rebellious spirit. Put off your self-righteousness and your self-satisfiedness and your unbelief. When Jesus appeared at the Jordan River, John the Baptist revealed a tremendous truth that no one knew about. He said, I indeed baptize you with water, but he, pointing to Jesus, shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is not only your savior, friend, he is not only your deliverer, he is also your baptizer. He baptizes you if you are a believer in the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is called in the Bible, the promise of my father. Jesus calls it that. It is also called the endowment with power from on high. Just before Jesus ascended into heaven, he instructed his disciples not to leave Jerusalem, but to tarry, to wait for the baptism of the Holy Spirit that would descend from heaven upon them and to, that would transform them and empower them to minister in the supernatural dimension of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. Now that promise was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell upon the disciples visibly in the form of tongues of fire. They were regenerated and filled with the Holy Spirit and with the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit because until that moment they remained in the natural. They were filled with fears and doubts. They had simply an intellectual awareness of the teachings of Jesus Christ. But from that moment when they received the endowment of power from on high, they were transformed. They underwent a change. They received the new birth, the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. They had received the baptism in water, but they had not received the Holy Spirit baptism until the day of Pentecost. Remember, friend, that Jesus said, unless a man is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Perhaps you too are living as if you were baptized only in water. You might possibly be like the disciples in the upper room who heard, who heard the teachings of Christ, but were living in the natural, and the natural plane of Adam's humanity. Perhaps you have read a lot of religious books, a lot of material about the Christian faith, about the church, about the sacraments, but you miss the endowment of power that comes with the Holy Spirit baptism. You feel as if you have not had your day of Pentecost yet, in other words. You are still troubled with fears and doubts. You're living a defeated life. Christ seems to be just a doctrine of the church to you, or only someone off in space or on an icon. Christ seems to be someplace very far from you, way out in space somewhere. He doesn't live inside of you. Possibly you live a defeated life with few, if any, victories. You don't get excited about Christ though you might have faith. You live below your privileges as a child of God and an inheritor of the promised land that flows with milk and honey. What you need is the gift of rebirth in the Holy Spirit. You lack the evidence of true regeneration in the Holy Spirit. You need to be born again. You need those rivers of living water to be released inside of you. Jesus promised that whosoever believeth in me out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But you say, I have faith. Well, your trouble, friend, is that your faith is inoperative. Your faith has to be faith from the heart, 
in Greek, it's called ekardias, a heart faith. Your problem is that your faith is a head faith only. You believe only with your mind and your intellect. The Apostle Paul said, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord, and you believe with your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So let your heart get involved in your relationship with Christ. That will make your faith expectant and exciting. It will enable you to believe not only in Christ, but in his promises. You will trust in his sayings. That's the trouble with a lot of people in the churches today. They believe simply that Christ exists. They accept his existence, but are unaware of what he said. Their faith is not directed to the words that come out of the mouth of the Lord. If you want to pass through a born-again experience, what you need to do first and foremost is to claim. Claim the unfailing promises of Jesus with unreserved confidence and trust in his faithfulness. The reason why you have been going to church all your life without the experience of the new birth is that you have not taken the promises of Christ seriously enough. Perhaps you have never read them in the Bible or you have never heard them preached in your church. As a result, you do not know what you are entitled to receiving from God and you do not know what you have the right to claim from the Lord. In other words, you simply don't know your spiritual inheritance. Satan has done a good job of robbing God's people of their inheritance. Satan has done a good job of keeping God's people in his bondage. I want to read from uh, the book of Isaiah where Isaiah declares in uh, chapter 5, verse 13, he expresses this condition of bondage in which the God's people find themselves. Therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge and their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. Therefore, hell has enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure and their glory and their multitude and their pomp, and he that rejoiceth shall descend into it. But friend, I have good and exciting news for you. Do you know God is visiting his people in this last hour? He is doing a work of renewal in the church. And it's not coming from any priest or pastor or reformer. He is pouring out of his spirit upon all flesh in fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel. God is intervening in love and mercy in preparation for the return of Jesus in glory. And I'm going to tell you today, reach out, friend, for the living water that the Lord Jesus Christ gives to those who come to him with thirst. Rejoice and be glad because the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled right now in these days in which we're living. He says, I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I will pour water up upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground and I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. 
I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. Are you living today in a spiritual wilderness? God loves you, friend. He wants to turn your wilderness into a pool of water. He wants to change your desert into springs of water. Don't live another day without the gift of regeneration in the Holy Spirit. Jesus wants to release those rivers of living water in you this very moment. Don't put it off anymore. Come, in, come to him right now with faith and humility, confessing your thirst to him with re repentance for all your sins. Now I'm running out of time, but I want to pray for you. Bow your head right now with closed eyes. Kneel if you can and stretch out your hand and touch your TV screen as a point of contact. Lord, I thank you and I praise you for your infinite love, for your unfailing promises. Lord, I pray that you would touch that man out there, that woman, who is reaching out to receive that end-time provision of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would honor their thirst and release your Holy Spirit into their heart. Cause those rivers of living water to gush forth from within the depths of their inner being. Dear Jesus, I pray that you would let that love and that power be manifested right now. That that woman, that that man that thirsts may have a closer walk with you and a more powerful witness for the inheritance of your heavenly kingdom and for an exuberant expectation of your coming again. Dear Jesus, I pray that you would minister to that man and that woman right now. I ask this in your most precious name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to ask you to write me, to share with me the blessing you received from this program. Remember, the Lord loves you and he cares for you. Jesus is the answer to all your needs. And in the minutes ahead, continue to wait upon the Lord. And you're going to experience that inner release of those rivers of living water. Keep in the, stay in the presence of the Lord for a few more minutes. I'm going to ask you to write me this week, to send me your prayer requests. Your letter means so much to me. I need to hear from you. God will richly bless you for sharing in this ministry. God loves you. Until next time, may Jesus continue to live in you and may he continue to breathe his mighty and quickening spirit in you. God bless you. Until next time. for having joined Father Stefanu in this new broadcast of Inspiration and Faith. We hope you will tune in again next week for another half hour of Orthodox Christian Renewal. This program is made possible by the free will offerings of the viewers. Your prayerful and financial support is vital to the continuance of this telecast.